0: Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet internet linguist Gretchen McCulloch, staff writer for The New Yorker, Gia Tolentino, and victim's rights lawyer, Carrie Goldberg. Each of these women explored different facets of today's culture and society, from how the internet has affected language, to topics like reality TV and our wedding culture, to how we treat victims of assault. Then find out which author finally took a stand in the GIF versus GIF debate. Enjoy.
1: Hi, this is Gretchen McCulloch. I'm here in the recording studio in Montreal, and I've just finished recording my audiobook, Because Internet, Understanding the New Rules of Language. I wrote because internet, because I spend a lot of time on the internet, and I have a difficult time turning the linguist part of my brain off. When I see interesting bits of internet language going past me online, I can't help but want to analyze them. And people keep asking me questions about how internet language works, and why do kids text like this, and why do older people text like that, and... I did a lot of research. I did a lot of personal investigation and I figured out some answers, and I'm really excited to get to share them with people. One of the things that I realized when I was doing the audiobook of Because Internet was that I was finally going to have to take a side on the GIF versus GIF wars. This is a big internet controversy. Do you pronounce a moving image file GIF or GIF? And I had to pick one for the audiobook. But I decided, look, I'm a researcher, I'm a linguist, I'm going to go for data. Let's do a poll and see what people actually prefer, and then I'll let the crowd tell me whether it's GIF or JIF. But you'll have to listen to the audiobook to find out which one I picked. Something that was a bit more challenging was there are a lot of things about internet language that explicitly take advantage of the internet as a written medium. And so figuring out how to represent that in a spoken audiobook was really interesting and kind of fun. I think the most rewarding one for me was figuring out how to represent key smash. So you know that thing when you don't know how to type and you're just like, and you type in a bunch of letters, figuring out how to speak that out loud when it's very much a written phenomenon. I just said something and then my director was like, I had no idea how you were going to do that, but it really works. So I'm taking that as a good sign. It was really important for me to record this audiobook personally, because so much of internet language is about representing these specific features of tone of voice or expressiveness using written tools. And I wanted to make sure that I represented that exactly the way that I'd intended it when writing. I don't know if I could trust anyone else to record this audiobook. I feel like I'd just be in the studio with them micromanaging them and driving someone up the wall. So I might as well just be doing it myself and driving myself up the wall. But I think if I had to get someone, I'd have to really audition people to say, okay, you know, how do you read all these different memes out loud? You know, what do you call these different emoji? Are you representing this tone of voice in text messaging? the way that I would. I think I'd have to really do auditions and be very personally involved. So it was easier to do it myself than to try to get a celebrity or something. One thing that I realized when I was recording the audiobook for Because Internet is that I've actually never listened to an audiobook for a non-fiction book before. I've only ever listened to fiction audiobooks. And in fiction audiobooks, the narrators do the voices. So like I had to do some voices because like that's just what you do in an audiobook as far as I'm concerned. So I hope you enjoy the voices. <laughs> I don't actually listen to audiobooks that much, but what I do listen to a lot of is podcasts. And this was one of the things that inspired me to start a podcast, which is called Lingthusiasm, a podcast that's enthusiastic about linguistics. And so I feel like I had more comfort being in front of the mic and being in a recording space because I've been recording this podcast for two years now. And the podcast actually makes a tiny cameo in the book because my co-host on the podcast does some of the gesture research that was really relevant when we were talking about emoji. So it was fun to get to bring that in. And then it's fun to get to say, okay, well, what have I learned from recording the audiobook that I can take back with me when I'm going to be recording the podcast? It's also quite a different genre, though, because our podcast is Kind of semi-unscripted, we do some preparation for general topics, but then we improvise on top of those and we have two people and we you know go back and forth, whereas the audiobook, it's a lot of pressure to be the only voice talking. I will say that both the podcast and the audiobook really gave me a lot of appreciation for an editor who stitches all your sounds together and makes you sound so much more coherent than any human can achieve by themselves. One of the things that was especially fun to me about recording this audiobook in Montreal is that I found that my mouth and my lips and stuff would get a bit sore from all of this very clear articulating I was doing in the studio. But somehow when I stepped out of the booth and I was talking to the staff at the recording studio in French, it seems to use like slightly different muscles. So it was actually a nice kind of refreshing bit to chat in French during the breaks and then come back and be recording in English and be using a slightly different set of muscles. It gave me a bit of a break that way. So shout out to Montreal for being a Very good place to record an audiobook in, at least if you speak both English and French. Visitez Montréal. (laughs) Hi,
2: this is Gia Tolentino, author of Trick Mirror. Trick Mirror is nine essays about things in my life and things about our culture that I became obsessed with because of how they seem to contain the possibilities for self-deception or self-delusion in some ways. So, their essays about capitalism and optimization and religion and reality TV and wedding culture and stuff like that. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook, I would say that despite having worked on this manuscript for a very long time, this was a much more intimate way of sitting with it than I had ever experienced before. This book covers a lot of different subjects in a lot of different ways, and I found that I didn't know how to pronounce a lot of things, from mid-century economists to the title of a Milton poem to, you know, random celebrities from the 80s. Lots I didn't know. I think that listening to this audiobook will prove to be a soothing experience, more soothing than reading the book would be, because I think my voice sounds more soothing than it is in writing. And I'm glad that maybe listeners will get to hear that despite the sort of density and intensity that can sometimes come up in this book, I actually felt pretty low-key while writing it. A secret dream that I've harbored for a long time is to one day get to ghostwrite Lindsay Lohan's memoir, so I'm going to reverse it and say that she's my dream narrator for my book. I am not an auditory learner. I have a hard time following audiobooks because I read so much faster than I can listen to something, but the last really great book I read was Ocean Vuong's On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous, and one thing that I do love listening to is people reading their own poetry. And so maybe I'll listen to that. My favorite place to read is probably the window seat of an airplane when the Internet's not working and I thus cannot do anything useful. (laughs) I like to read in places where there is no possibility of doing anything else. Like, no one can talk to you. You know, you're just alone with the book for five hours.
0: Hi, this is Carrie Goldberg, author of Nobody's Victim, Fighting Psychos, Stalkers, Pervs, and Trolls. I wrote my book because I believe that every single one of us is a moment away from crossing paths with somebody hellbent on our destruction. And I think it's really important that we equip ourselves so that we know what to do if that happens to us. And another reason I wrote my book is I stand for the belief as a lawyer that if somebody hurts you, then somebody needs to frickin' pay for it. And we live in a society where we just kind of are okay with people suing if you slip and fall at the park or you burn yourself on a hot cup of coffee at McDonald's. But when it comes to like intentional incidents like Somebody sexually assaults you or stalks you. We have this idea that victims who actually take justice into their own hands are opportunists or gold diggers, and it's just not so. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be turbulent. It's because I was expecting it to just be like this kind of relaxing endeavor where I was just in a studio, quietly reading my book for three days, and it ended up being this, like, really surprisingly emotional experience. And there are things in this book that I've never said out loud before, and it was a really emotional and difficult experience. And I'm happy I did it, but I was not braced for it at all. (laughs) I think one of the hardest words that I had pronouncing was bureaucracy, bureaucratic, anything that involved the word bureau. And things also became increasingly difficult to pronounce as the days went on. I could start out being much more fluent in the English language in the mornings, and by four or five at night, I couldn't even pronounce this or the. I'm proudest of the conclusion. I'd never said most of those things out loud. And I got through it, (laughs) and I think that that's kind of the emotional touchstone of the book. It was material that I wrote really late in the game. I was in a lot of turmoil internally about whether or not to include it in the book, and, and I know it was the right decision. If I wasn't going to be the one reading my audiobook, I would cast Carol Channing. Because when I was a kid, we used to have these records that we would listen to, and I just remember her reading, and she would always introduce herself as, Hi, this is Carol. Carol Channing? Yeah. And it was this, like, inside family joke. I loved Trevor Noah's book. I thought that the audiobook itself was a piece of art and a piece of theater. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is running. I listen to tons and tons of audiobooks when I'm on jogs or running marathons, and I can get through them really, really fast. And my favorite genre is true crime. I love to listen to tales of murder and death on the run. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit
2: www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com nextlisten next listen.